is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine and big news here on the Go Blue Crew front as Riverside.fm has started a new countdown before you get into your episode. Now five seconds instead of six. Derek, what do we think about this? I was not prepared to only have Me five either. seconds. I really count on that extra second, get that last throat clear out of the way. Yeah. Luckily, uh, didn't catch it uh, this time around. But that five seconds, uh, we see it, but we're going to forget about it next week and the week after that, and it's going to catch up to us at some point. You think you think there's not a big difference between five and six seconds, but I felt that second. It's like it was here all of a sudden. We used to make fun of that six seconds. I yeah, like wow, that's I ridiculous to have anymore. six seconds, and and then just the the reaction, you know, because we can hear yeah. each other as the countdown's happening. That took like, two Whoa. seconds, and then all of a sudden we're down to three seconds until we're live, and boom, <laughs> here we are, barely hanging on early on, and we're only a minute through this thing. Yeah. We are going through Michigan's uh, 2022 football schedule here, given a game-by-game prediction so that we can look back on it and either call ourselves heroes or idiots. Not sure which one. I looked like an idiot last season. Derek, how did you look? Do you remember? I looked pretty good. I think I ended up with a a nine-win season prediction which was me being way too optimistic oh. and hoping that Michigan yeah. found a way to figure it out after the worst year ever. Uh, and they obviously surpassed that and surprised everybody, you know, fans included, uh, maybe even themselves included. So, yeah, we uh, you shot low, I shot a little high, uh, and they ended up uh, doing better than either of us uh, predicted. So that was a weird year though coming off of a pandemic coming off of a two and four season yeah six games you know total in 2020 uh and then yeah now we're coming off of a a season where we saw michigan make the big 10 championship uh game for the first time win the big 10 championship game for the first time big 10 champs for the first time in 20 years or whatever it was and then the first appearance in the college football playoffs so this is brand new territory to uh, to kind of uh, look back on and, and do predictions for a year after things seem to go so well, including beating Ohio State. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I'm, I'm sure we'll both be wrong. Uh, but, you know, we do this because it's fun and everybody yeah. else does, so why not chime in? Why not? We'll start it off September 3rd. This is a 12 Eastern game against Colorado State. And what I did, Derek, um, I went to the ESPN Football Power Index rankings. Uh, I don't know if they call those rankings or ratings. I would I would lean toward ratings probably. Anyway, I did that for each team. Colorado State clocks in at number one fourteen uh, preseason FPI. I got this as a win, and what I did for each one also, Derek, is I I just put like sort of a gut reaction. So in parentheses here on my document, I got feels like a blowout. And we'll get into um, more specific stuff later, but just kind of checking things out, seeing where Michigan is, seeing where Colorado State is. Gut tells me this is a comfortable season opening win noon at the big house should be no problem. Yeah, I mean, season opener, uh, again, after a Big Ten championship, college football playoff, beat Ohio State season. Uh, I would guess that this is a game 
that Michigan runs away with pretty easily. Uh, I think we'll kind of have that nervousness, as you always do, uh, but you'll watch Michigan settle in pretty quickly. Uh, they're clearly going to be the better team on paper and in person. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess, you know, I didn't write down a gut feeling, but my gut feeling would be, uh, you know, excitement. Uh, I think we're going to see enough to just get us really excited and really start the chatter that even though it was only a win against Colorado State at noon in the season opener, that this team could be really, really good. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go with excitement for kind of for the, the gut reaction I'll have after watching that first one. I've got feels exciting for one coming up a little later, but September 10th, the next week, a fun one. If you're into these night games that aren't against like Penn state, uh, that's Hawaii eight Eastern home game. Hawaii, uh, number one Oh five in, in the ESPN FPI ratings. Uh, same thing here. Win feels like a blowout. Yeah, so you got two coaches back-to-back that are brand new. And, and the cool thing about Hawaii uh, is that Timmy Chang is now the coach, a guy that a lot of people remember for just throwing the ball around effortlessly uh, when he was at Hawaii, when Hawaii had made you know a couple of a dents into a couple of teams uh, several seasons ago. Uh, they had a whole bunch of problems with the Senate getting involved, so many transfers. Uh, this feels like automatic blowout no matter who Hawaii plays. This year, that's a program that's going to be in, in total rebuild mode. Uh, so this one's a, a blowout. I think that night atmosphere, though weird for uh, an early season game, reminds me kind of of that Middle Tennessee State game, which, you know, Michigan took a while to get going in that one. Uh, yeah. Hopefully not the case in this one. Uh, but again, back-to-back games, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about how many home games they have here. You'll, it'll be pretty obvious as we go through this schedule, uh, especially in a row at the beginning. But this one feels like, you know, a, another unique and early environment uh, night at the big house uh, against a notable program. It's not a very good one lately. Uh, so, yeah, I say blowout. Uh, but, hey, I'm happy for Timmy Chang. I think he's going to be a good coach. Uh, one of the, my favorite random players to watch all time uh, in college football history. Next week, also a home game. According to ESPN, the worst team Michigan's going to face all season, at least in the preseason here as as they look at them uh yukon that's another 12 eastern game uh first year also for jim mora over there at yukon that name sounds familiar and it should uh, used to run the show at ucla but uh it's year one at yukon of all places win again feels like a blowout if you if you get this matchup maybe two or three years from now maybe yukon's in a better place but no way they're you know, they're ready to go to the big house right now and really compete. Yeah, no, I mean, people talk about how easy Michigan's schedule is as other teams in the Big Ten are playing more premier non-conference opponents. But like you said, another new coach, it's three, uh, you know, very uh, mismatched opponents uh, in, in these games. And I think that uh, this is the one where, you know, don't expect the student student section never gets there all the time, you know, full in full by noon. Uh, this is probably one of those three weeks into the season uh, where the hype and buzz is maybe not as much because it's just another day at Michigan Stadium against a cupcake. Uh, so I think the environment will be a little lacking in this one. But nonetheless, I think we'll see uh, a lot that we like out of Michigan. And, and this is a game, if I were to go to a gut feeling, where I start to think transition. Uh, we can talk more about what that maybe means uh, as we go on as well. Okay. 
No, I think I think you could be onto something there. Next week, September twenty fourth, another twelve Eastern game. This one against Maryland. Clocks in at number thirty eight here. Um, I've got this as a win, but I think it I think it's an exciting game. Uh, Maryland's got an offense that can hum. I think Tulia Tugavailoa is a hothead. If I don't want to sound too disparaging, but just a I think a quarterback who needs to keep his cool a little bit more. If you remember back to the way Michigan really handled Maryland last season and, and he was just visibly um, upset. It doesn't do it justice. He was, he was, you know, visibly kind of losing his cool out there, especially with his teammates, but he's so talented and, and he's got some good receivers to work with. I think especially if, if at this point it's possible, Michigan's defense is still working out some kinks uh, going through a, a transition at coordinator. So I think it could be exciting. I, I don't think Maryland gives Michigan a run for the money there. I think it's a Michigan win. So this game, if I were to go with gut feeling, uh, it's, I can think uneasy. Uh, and I'm going to think of it as maybe that Michigan Rutgers matchup last year, where you're just not really sure what's going on. And you realize that, you know, for the first time all season, you're playing uh, some really good players on, on another team. Uh, Michigan's defense specifically uh, against Maryland's offense, you know, an offense that was fourth best in the Big Ten a year ago. Uh, They're good for several yards a game, several points a game. Uh, It's just that their defense never can find a way to to stop the other team. And so this is a game that Michigan wins, but a game that the teams might go back and forth for a while until, you know, Maryland uh, maybe makes some offensive mistakes or, you know, the defense settles in. But uh, this is a game where, where Michigan's defense is going to have to play disciplined because the receivers they're lining up against, these corners, these you know these these DBs, um, they're going to be a little bit faster, a little bit smarter, uh, and and you know maybe even have a little bit of an advantage uh, in some key aspects of the game just because they have a good quarterback that can get them the rock. So this is a Michigan win, but I think this is when you start to to feel like, hey, you know, Michigan is going to be tested at some point. Uh, and probably a good preparation for, for game five, you know, the first time you finally travel on the road. Yeah, that's October 1st against Iowa on the road. No time announced on that one, but we keep talking about how this just feels like they're setting it up to be a night game at Kinnick Stadium, which objectively is cool. As a Michigan fan, obviously you're going to be a little nervous about that. Iowa comes in at number 37 in uh, the ESPN FPI. I get this as a win, and I, I was thinking about it, and it just feels like it's it's a setup of a, to to be a repeat of the Big Ten championship game last season. I think Michigan is just obviously the more talented, better team, but it's Iowa after all, and there's things that they do really well, especially defensively, to to disrupt whatever it is you're trying to do on offense. And they're they're physical, of course, and like I I just think at the end of the day, like if Michigan plays the way they can or even up close to that i was just unless they're having some crazy day i was just not good enough to compete like i was a good i shouldn't say compete like like they're gonna compete but not good enough to win because i was a good big 10 west team that's how i think about them and when the big boys from the big 10 east play the way they're capable of Iowa can win those games sometimes, but they've really got to like pull it all together at the right time. And unless that happens, I've got this as a win for Michigan. Yeah. Iowa wins games when they play Iowa football and make the other team play exactly the way they want them to. 
Uh, they also win games that they probably shouldn't, uh, especially with their uh, that tough environment at home. But, you know, I think if Michigan can find a way to play Michigan football, uh, dictate kind of how the game is going to go and, and get the crowd out of it early, uh, Michigan's going to win this game. I don't want to say handily, but I, I think that they're just the better team. I, this is where, you know, we're kind of talking pre-show and, and talking about, you know, preparation for this, uh, the whole four minutes I spent uh, a few days ago. This is kind of where I don't really feel like, I mean, what what does Iowa have different uh, than last year that's really going to make them look and, and feel a lot better? I just don't think that they have enough of a change. You know, they've lost some key pieces. Uh, and, you know, I think the best thing that returns is that defense. But even in the Big Ten Championship, at first, first couple of possessions, uh, Iowa's defense was looking tough, uh, you know, caused, a, you know, interception off of a, a tip ball. Uh, and you kind of thought, wow, like Iowa's really slowing down Michigan. Michigan can't move the ball. And then two crazy plays that, uh, you know, big 50-plus yard touchdowns, uh, back-to-back possessions really blew that game wide open. So if you can, if you let Iowa hang around and you're not scoring in Iowa on the road, that's very dangerous because the whole game could be that slow. And it's going to come down to probably a last-second drive. Uh, if you can find a way to break free early, you're going to win that football game. And I think that's what Michigan's going to have to find a way to do uh, in the road. Uh, next week after that, I've got this, and I think everybody will pretty much as like the trap game of the season. Michigan's going to travel to Indiana, noon kickoff. I use a, a falling off a little bit here. I mean, if you think back to 2020 and everything that program turned into really quickly overnight, uh, it, it's it just hasn't been there quite yet. Uh, it, they haven't been been able to get back there quite yet. I've got this as a win, but again, like trap game potential. I it feels like Indiana's back to being the Indiana of old, but not as exciting. You know, like the Indiana of old would would challenge everyone, and you'd have to win fifty two to forty eight or something. It just didn't matter what how good the opponent was. IU had answers offensively to make those games exciting. And this, this IU team doesn't have that. I don't think so. I got this as a win on the road. You lose one of your best receivers in in a good while. And uh, you bring in a transfer quarterback who who could be good, but it's going to take some time to, you know, really develop. And it's, you know, it's, it's game six. So you have some games under your belt. Uh, at that point, but I, I don't know that that offense will be good enough uh, this year, uh, especially against a defense that's going to have plenty of reps in uh, to see where they're at and if their scheme uh, playmakers are doing the right thing. And, and I think, you know, by this time in the season, uh, you're going to get a pretty clear look at what Michigan's offense is capable of. Uh, and, you know, you're going to need to, if, if you don't see it at this point, uh, you're going to need to see it in the weeks uh, after this one. So, I feel like less of a trap game this year. Um, the only reason it feels like it, it, it could be is, like you said, Indiana seems to play Michigan tough for several years in a row now. Uh, Michigan's never comfortable playing Indiana. Uh, likely to be the case for part of the game this year, but I think uh, it's more of a mismatch than it has been in recent seasons for sure. The reason I think that'll be a popular trap game pick is because you know you're traveling to IU or not IU Iowa the week before, and then the week after you're home against Penn State. Another one, uh, no time set yet. Penn State number sixteen in the ESPN FPI. I think this is a win. It was the Penn State game last year that really made me a believer that that Michigan was going to be different. Um, 
I don't I don't think Penn State is that team. Like they finished two and six last season, and they have Sean Clifford back, and they're not going to be like bad. But I, I think you know, you you come off of a two and six finish to your season, and like there's not enough that has changed in my opinion to flip that script. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is another year where by this time um, people are talking about, you know, how, how stupid they were being that high on Penn state, you know, maybe, maybe it's, it's not late enough in the season to get there, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're just all a little too high on Penn state. So I feel like that's a win. I don't know what Penn state season looks like up to this point, to be honest, but what I do know is, is, for as many fans as Sean Clifford has, uh, there's a bunch of fans out there that are you know, wishing that maybe Penn State had a different option. Uh, he's yeah. a super senior. Uh, he's looked really good Is at he times. A super duper senior. He might be a super duper senior. I know that uh, you know there's a there's a team on the other side. If we ever talk about Big Ten championship potential, uh, that has a super duper senior as well, Tanner Morgan. But uh, yeah, you got Sean Clifford who's been around. He's very experienced. You know, can definitely. Uh, keep the the nerves down of a visiting team in Penn State uh, as they travel to the big house. But like you said, last year, this was the game uh, where where Michigan wins late in the game uh, with an Eric All uh, bummed ankle touchdown run. Uh, And it really made a lot of people believers. That's the game that Michigan hadn't won in the past. Uh, Michigan does usually take care of business uh, against Penn State at home, though they blew, uh, you know, a had that terrible game in the two and four season at home against Penn State. But yeah, I mean, good coach, good quarterback, good team, and and, and usually always a good uh, aggressive defense. But I just, I don't know that uh, this is the the time that uh, Penn State wants to play Michigan, if at all, this year. I think Michigan's going to really be in kind of midseason form. Uh, They have a bye uh, coming up the, the week after, which is a little scary, as we'll talk about. Uh, but they have a lot of extra rest, uh, to, so they're going to be all out on this one, uh, and they don't want to lose to Penn State ever. Uh, especially, they, they know what Penn State fans are like. We know what Penn State fans are like. You know, one of those teams that you know would consider Michigan a way bigger rival than Michigan would ever consider Penn State. But I've always liked the matchup with Penn State, and I, I got to win in this one. All right, October twenty second is a bye, and then the 29th. That bye hurts uh, from a fan's perspective in my opinion, because you got to wait an extra week for Michigan state coming in at number 15 in the ESPN FPI. I, I went out on a limb here and I got this as a win, even though I think normally in these situations, my gut would tell me just keep picking loss similar to what we've done or what I've done uh, for Ohio state for so long. Now it's like, I'll believe it when I see it until then as a loss in my book, I think Michigan gets this one. It's a big deal to have it back at home uh, for the the first true home game in the rivalry since 2019 because uh, you got to remember the pandemic year. I think that's a big deal. I think, and this has been the case the last uh, two years that, well, we can argue about 2020, but Michigan's been the better team here and that just, it doesn't translate to, to wins. Now, if, if Michigan is truly like a changed program, that matters. Michigan as the better team wins. I'm not saying they're head and shoulders above Michigan State because I think that's a for real team, even though we may have doubted it a little bit before. But I still think this is a win. 
I'm going to say that I, I think that Michigan has a bigger chance to lose to Penn State than Michigan State. Uh, there's one thing that I learned last year, and it's the first time it's happened, so maybe putting way too much stock in this, but when Jim Harbaugh said they're going to beat Ohio State or die trying, and they went out there and actually did the thing, uh, they are focused on Michigan State, and they are focused on Georgia, uh, the two losses that, that stung the most last season. Not that they're not focused on Ohio State because they've put a lot more effort into that. Uh, they want to win the Big Ten Championship, but you know, you you lost this game last year. You know, your only blemish in the regular season. You still won the Big Ten championship. They don't even want to lose this game ever again, obviously. But I have a hard time seeing Mel Tucker go three for three in his first three years, uh, especially uh, Big House. You know, in 2022, three years after the, um, you know, that that true uh, home game in 2019. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this is a, a game that's close. Uh, but a game where Michigan's going to pull away. I just don't see uh, Michigan State being able to do it again. Uh, and, you know, as much as that uh, week off is always kind of that weird timing and, you know, start to worry about those things, then Michael Phelps come through in a Zoom call, and Michael Phelps gave some great <laughs> advice, uh, you know, keeping it really simple. You take the ice baths, uh, you drink or you stay hydrated by drinking water, uh, and you sleep. Uh, and so I hope that, you know, that extra week off, uh, you know, other than game planning and practicing, oh, Michigan does those three simple things to rest up and get their bodies uh, in a good condition to go out and beat a rival. Uh, so they can at least shut up Sparty for, you know, 365 days or so. The week after that, November, uh, November 5th at Rutgers, no time on that one yet. Rutgers comes in at number 82 on the FPI. Got this as a win, and all I put is, feels like it's Rutgers I don't think we need to or I don't need to say more about that I mean this is Rutgers um I, I know what they did last season but uh sort of flipping the script on what we've been saying about Ohio State and, and Michigan State to an extent it's like you know Rutgers has to come out here and like prove it before I'll ever pick them to win something yeah, this is, I think Rutgers caught Michigan at a good time last year, uh, even you know in the big house where Michigan was still figuring things out. Uh, if you're an undefeated team heading into game nine, uh, I think we've seen how uh, Michigan can handle business at Rutgers in the years that they're really good. Uh, and we've seen them kind of flop you know, before as well. But I, I don't think that this Rutgers team is ever going to be good enough consistently to to, to win enough games in a row against Michigan. And I don't think that this is the year that they do it either. Not one of the ones that I'm worried about, but what's interesting is uh, after a couple of big, big home games, uh, you're traveling back on the road uh, before, you know, coming back home twice before ending the season. So uh, this is technically a road game, but one of those environments, uh, you know, whether a noon game or a night game where there's going to be some Michigan faithful out there in Jersey. Yeah, uh, the week after that, November 12th, a home game against Nebraska. I've got this as a win. I think Nebraska has a chance to surprise people who like don't follow the Big Ten or just are kind of casually paying attention because that was a three-win team last year, and we kind of joke about it being like the best three-win team of all time. Literally. But it's... It's one of those games that, like, at this point, you know, who knows what Nebraska's, uh, Nebraska's going to be. But I think they've 
they've got the ingredients i would say to kind of like be a team that can challenge the the upper ranks of the big 10 and i'm not saying this going to happen i'm just saying like it's there and they could do it but i still I, I think it's a win still it's just the fact that like i don't know i'm i'm not uh, high on nebraska i just keep looking at them and and thinking like that team could win more games than they do like they play a little better than what their record shows and at some point that's going to mean something i don't know what the total amount of points was but all of their losses were by single digits uh, including uh michigan Uh, and that's a game that nebraska could have very easily won against michigan like the many games that they could have easily won uh at any point last season this is a this is a game it's hard to predict because for me this is the trap game this year but it's okay. late enough in the season where you're going to know a lot about Michigan. Not that they can't slip up. You know, good teams slip up late in the season all the time. Uh, but, you know, Nebraska is either going to be a lot better and, and win those games they lost last year, uh, or they're just going to be an okay, you know, better but okay team that maybe upsets uh, a Big Ten opponent or a, a non-conference opponent earlier in the season. At some point, they're going to win more than those three games. You can't lose by that little that many times not be on the the right end of the the result at some point. Uh, But I think by game 10, uh, unless Nebraska is just playing sound football uh, all year round, I don't know that this one uh, will be, you know, the biggest challenge at home for Michigan like it was last year on the road. Uh, But, yeah, you know, I think this will be an interesting one when you see where the two teams are at uh, because Nebraska has a chance to be a lot better. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy to look at a three-win team, and I say literally the best because, you know, it, it is an accomplishment to uh, – I think they literally outscored – there's some weird stat, like they outscored so many opponents or, or something like Something well, like think, total I, points yeah, scored like, or something was – That might what, be the case, yeah. Whatever it was was like the weirdest stat you've ever seen. And, and again, you're, you're that close to – to, you know, maybe not nine more wins, but technically, you know, a lot of those were one possession ball games. Uh, you could have at least three, four, five more wins, uh, which totals up to eight. So that looks like a much different team if it's an eight win Nebraska. I think administration realized that they're all in on Scott Frost. He's all in at being aggressive and changing his staff, bringing in some help uh, at quarterback. Uh, and yeah, you know, I, I think that they're going to be a better team. But this is late enough in the season where, you know, Michigan's either taking care of business. Uh, or Nebraska's, you know, good enough to actually compete. And my guess is they're not going to be good enough to compete uh, and that Michigan gets a win here. But still a trap game uh, in my book. And if, if Nebraska's good, I'll be more and more worried the closer that game gets. All right. Uh, well, I'll keep the next one short and simple so when? we can get on to the good stuff. When exactly? November 19th versus Illinois. I, I see Illinois as just like the toned-down version of, of Nebraska. Like, yeah, I think they got some good stuff going on. The, the ceiling isn't as high, though. I got that as a win, I and and I assume you do too then. Yeah, I mean, Brett Bielema is probably going to do some damage at some point in the Big Ten, but uh, still early uh, in his yeah. time there. Uh, and you know, A lot of transfers, a lot of places. Probably not the year they beat Michigan, uh, but if you travel on the road and play Illinois in the future, you know maybe a team that finds a way to, to beat a better team at some point. Then the one that really counts, November 26th, of course, it's already locked in for noon Eastern at Ohio State. I got it as a loss, Derek. I don't think Michigan can do this twice in a row. 
especially because Ohio State is only getting better. When you look at that roster, look at what they're bringing back. Of course, they still have C.J. Stroud. I think if they if they fix some things on defense, which is, of course, what really hurt them last season, if they get that figured out, I don't know who can beat Ohio State short of, like, the Alabamas of the world. I got this as a loss. Um, it doesn't feel like it's going to be some sort of catastrophic failure, though you can't rule that out in this game. I just sort of like how I said, I, I think Michigan is better than Michigan State, but not significantly better. I think Ohio State is better than Michigan, but not significantly better. And if they just play like that at home, then that's their game. So I got it as a loss. You win two in a row at Ohio State. If you're a complete team, your quarterback can do multiple things. Uh, and your defense has found a way to replace key pieces uh, and have a dangerous scheme. Uh, they beat Ohio State very differently last year than they would be able to beat Ohio State this year. Uh, and C.J. Stroud and that offense isn't going to do anything but just continue to get better. Uh, likely the best quarterback in the nation, if not a tie, uh, with Bryce Young. And, you know, I, I don't think that this is a Michigan win. And, and I'm hoping that it's not too much of a – you know, that deflated feeling because, yeah, you know, it, it's one of those games that, sure, Michigan won last year. That was big. That was huge. We hadn't seen a game like that in what seems like our entire lives. And it's just not super reasonable uh, to think that going into Columbus against a team that was actually really good, they just found a way to beat them. Uh, it's not super reasonable to think that Michigan could pull it off this year. Ohio State quite literally is probably uh, one of, two of the best teams in the nation and probably at the Alabama or Georgia level of last year. Uh, not that they can't lose, you know, that good Ohio state teams have lost at Purdue. They've lost at Iowa. Uh, good Ohio state teams have lost to Oregon and Michigan like last season. You know, they almost gave up a game to Utah uh, in the Rose bowl and then scored a ridiculous amount of points in the second half. Uh, and Jackson Smith and, and Jigba and, and CJ Stroud looked like the two best players you've ever seen in the Rose. Uh, breaking Rose Bowl records uh, at the wide receiver position. So, yeah, not going to be a win, but hopefully that, you know, it'd be 11-1, and one, right? Hopefully that's not yeah. a disappointing season because, you know, we're not used to beating Ohio State as fans, uh, and, and you still would have a chance to go play in an important bowl. Depending how the rest of the season shapes up, you know, who knows what your opportunity would be uh, in the postseason. But Michigan can still be a good team. Uh, that loses to Ohio State and finds a way to do what Jim Harbaugh is not great at, winning a big bowl game. I don't think that's a disappointing season. Uh, it's still one blemish. It just comes to Ohio State this year. Uh, and so if I had to, you know, if I was a betting man uh, and were to bet this year, um, I think Michigan probably ends the season with one loss. I think that's very possible. Uh, but I say most likely uh, not even close because they traveled to Columbus and just played an Ohio State team that may be destined for a national championship. Yeah, so it looks like we both got eleven and one. Then the exact Weird. same rundown too, which yeah, pretty rare. Um, the only thing uh, I thought was going to be different is I, I was thinking L from your end on, on Iowa. Uh, I definitely contemplated it. It's not one that I'm, you know, a game that I'd be comfortable with, but I just didn't see enough that made me feel like Iowa would be a better team, and and I just don't see Michigan losing to Michigan State a third year in a row especially the way they lost last year and the fact that Kenneth Walker uh, scored five touchdowns. I think Ohio State fans are probably pretty happy to see that Hassan Haskins, though they gave up the the fifth one, 
Uh, I'm sure they're pretty happy to see that Hassan Haskins will not be playing in Columbus yeah. because anytime a, a, a team has a you know a rival team as a player that scores five TDs, uh, yeah, a little bit of credit goes to that type of player. Uh, so without Kenneth Walker, uh, I think they can handle business, uh, including Michigan State. Columbus, I hope it's a good one. I hope we get a game for the ages, like a year where you know maybe a spot was uh, an inch or two off. <laughs> uh, Michigan has had teams that have played well in Columbus. Uh, I would love to see a great game. Uh, yeah, I, I got eleven and one, and hopefully, yeah. some postseason success. I think that Iowa game is like the one that I'm closest to flipping on, and I won't. I won't surprise myself if we get to the week before that, and I'm not feeling. Yep so confident and i'm like oh no that's a loss especially if they're like hey night game at kinnick uh whatever they do with the checkered stuff across the bowl i you know i don't know but uh if, if that all comes to fruition maybe i'll change my mind but until then i'll i'll stand by what i said that i feel like it's 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 a mismatch and if michigan plays you know the way they're capable of they win that game uh last thing i want to make note of and this is something you mentioned early eight home games I don't know how they do it. Like, I don't know how the athletic department strings together this schedule. Uh, it makes me wonder, like, if they had snuck in a ninth or something, it, like, it could could the conference just be like, no, you're not allowed to do that? Uh, that would have to come in. I'm not even sure that's possible. I mean, because these conference schedules are fixed. But you know what I mean? Like, eight just seems excessive. I, I would love to see like the highest number of home games out there for this season. Can't imagine it to be more than eight. It seems uh, it's got to be eight or you know tied for eight. You know it's usually yeah. seven. I think the the least I've seen maybe six, but usually seven with the non conferences. Uh, maybe six a year where they uh, do a neutral game and play a team on the road. Uh, but yeah, you know the Big Ten schedule is usually going to be uh, it's fixed. Uh, you know obviously most years with nine games. Uh, you're going to have one more home game or one more away game uh, with it being an odd number of games. But yeah, you know, a lot of people will look at the schedule and say, uh, this is the schedule that if you want to be a repeat big 10 championship, uh, it allows you to take care of business, but it's going to take a complete team to, to win multiple games uh, and definitely a complete team to end, uh, you know, trying to end a perfect season on the road in Columbus against a team that does not want to lose to Michigan again. But Hey, you know, you lose to a team once and that sets in the back of their heads. Who knows what that can do uh, for even a guy like Ryan Day. He seemed to be pretty salty about it. Uh, he doesn't want it to happen again. But this is the the schedule of, of dreams. If you're Michigan looking to, you know, preserve the non-conference blemishes, uh, basically have an extended preseason like you have in the NFL, uh, and then get ready to take care of business uh, on the road at Iowa and have a couple of marquee home matchups middle of the season as well Derek we got two weeks left until the season opener what's on our agenda you know at some point we'll have to join back in in the quarterback battle I kind of mentioned maybe a you know a transition period uh in that okay. uh last uh four game homestand against Maryland uh, I think we'll have to talk about maybe some you know specific breakout players again and you know Ooh, then really a week one. after that we kind of have to do a game preview my man Deep dive on Colorado State. Colorado State. What can we dig up on Colorado State? Not, not quite as. Uh, not, it's not not the same as Tarleton State. 
We'll say that. At least we've heard of Colorado State, unlike Tarleton State. But I think next week what we ought to do is quarterback stuff and then, you know, some MVPs, X factors, that sort of thing. I think I, that's fun. I like it. talking about that stuff. Sounds Maybe like a plan. Get it on Colorado State the week after, right before that opener on, on September 3rd. So until we catch you next time with all of that, take care out there and go blue. Go blue.